Blessed day, Lighthouse family. Let me remove my mask here. Glad you could join us for this Sunday online worship service. Hello, Citygate family. Thank you for always being on board. Thank you, Pastor Leo, for reminding us of the importance of adopting to change because change is upon us. Change is something that is constant in the lives of people. And so today, let me enjoin my Lighthouse family, my Citygate family, never ever forget your mask, okay? The virus is still as virulent as ever. Hindi po nawawala ang virus, wala pa tayong bakuna. Have your alcohol or sanitizer always handy with you so that you remain safe. Always practice safe hygiene because that's the only way that as a people, we can conquer this virus. Our government already allowed religious organizations such as ours to be able to gather at 10% of the sitting capacity effective few days ago. But we reckon here in Lighthouse that it will be much wiser. It will be much wiser if we wait this out until the end of July so that we will see that truly the death rate and the infection rate has gone down dramatically so that nobody in our community shall ever be infected by this virus, all in the grace of the Lord. And so, thank you for tuning in. We will bring to you Lighthouse online Sunday after Sunday. But just in case you need a pastor to talk to, our church is open from Tuesdays until Saturdays. From 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock, we have resident pastors here that you can talk to and pray for you if you, have in need, if you are in need for an urgent spiritual and pastoral care. Speaking about change, as Pastor Leo talked to us about a few minutes ago, we are now in the second Sunday of our July series entitled Dare to Stand Out. And we are expositing, we are exegeting, we are drawing out the massive biblical lessons from the book of Daniel. If you have missed last Sunday's service, we talked about these four young handsome men from the province of Judah, from Israel, and they were truncated from their families, and they were brought and trained under the Chaldeans or the Babylonians. How did they stand out in such foreign place? When everything was against them, they were in a foreign tongue with foreign culture and everything that surrounded them was just against their breeding or the things that they've been accustomed to. Number one, they determined that they will draw the distinction, that they will be a separate people. They will be a sanctified people of the Lord. But practically, they determined not to defile themselves from the food that they were being fed. But they would learn, they would have to learn how it was to relate well with people. Because when you relate well with people, even the unbelievers open up their hearts so that their favor shall be upon you. And they aspired to excel in all the things that they were being subjected to in literature, in culture, even in the philosophy of the Chaldeans. And they worked harder and better than the rest. When you draw the distinction, you stand out in a world that so aches to hear about the knowledge and the glory of God. I have a question for you, and I'd like to have your answers in the comment section below of our FB page. My friend, have you ever had an impossible boss? Or have you ever had an impossible teacher that demanded from you impossible things? Oh, I'm sure you have so much recollection of those impossible people that made life so hard for you. I remember an economics professor in the university. He was, for me, quote-unquote, an evil incarnate. Why? Atheist to the core. In a one-and-a-half-hour class, he would devote probably 30 minutes of our class in attacking not just God in general concept, but in attacking Jesus Christ. He was afraid to attack the Islamic faith or the Buddhist faith. But Jesus was the name that irked him to the most and it brought out the worst in him. And one day, as he was going to his tirades, at the time, I was not yet a believer or at least I was a very nominal Christian. One of my lady classmates stood up. She was a Christian. She is a Christian. And she just debated with our professor, oh, 
her life was made even more miserable by our atheist professor for the rest of the semester. I'm sure you have had experiences like that when bosses would demand from you the seemingly impossible things, impossible deadlines. I had a boss before that he would just call me into his office, especially when the sales of our company was down, and he would just pin the blame on me because I was the sales support group head. Mumurahin ako mula ulo hanggang pa. That I, there were many times that I just felt like answering back and yelling back at him. I'm sure you've had that experience as well, my friends. How do you stand out when impossible leaders just get a grip of you and there is not much that you can do about it? Today our reading is from Daniel chapter 2. How Daniel and Hananiah and Azariah and Mishael were faced with the impossible leadership of Nebuchadnezzar. Will you please rise wherever you are right now? Yes, please, tayo muna tayo. Maganda rin po kahit nasa bahay tayo ngayon, nakakapag-inat-inat tayo. Open your Bibles now to the second chapter of Daniel. I'll be reading from the New International Version. And probably you can do this as a family, read this together out loud. Shall we? Daniel chapter 2. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. And once more they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream. And we will interpret it. Then the king answered, Oh, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is just one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then tell me the dream and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, there is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. And so the decree was issued to put the wise men to death. And men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. The reading of the word of the Lord. How do you stand out in such an impossible situation? With such an impossible man? With such an impossible, powerful leader? Today, I have entitled our sermon... Arise in faith. Shall we pray? Lord, oftentimes we find ourselves in impossible situations. When we are against the wall, when we have seemed to have reached the end of the line, when we are so clueless, Lord, on what next steps to do, our minds are just racked to, the, to its limits and we just don't know where to go and who to turn to. But Father, thank you that you are the God of the impossible things. And so today, would you speak to your people how it is to arise in faith. For it is faith, Lord, that moves your heart. It is faith that moves the mountains. So Lord, even as we go through the beauty and the complexity of your word, 
Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Shall you? For only you can teach us the wonders and the depths of your counsel. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Everyone will say, Amen. If you'd like to stand out in a very volatile situation, when times are very much ambiguous, volatile, masyadong hindi ka nakasisiguro sa mga pangyayari sa buhay mo, hindi mo alam kung ano mga parating na araw sa buhay mo, napaka-komplikado ng mga bagay, at hindi mo nga alam kung saan ka magsisimula. One thing that the Lord is asking the people of God is to arise in faith. Because times can be vicious. The narrative that we have read today started with the viciousness of this king named Nebuchadnezzar. Well, he would not be named so if he was not vicious. He had a dream, and obviously, that dream bothered him to the end. He could not have a good night's sleep because these dreams probably visited and revisited him countless times. And so he summoned the astrologers, the dream interpreters, the wise men of his empire. He said, interpret for me the dream. And so these eager beavers, I would call them, would say, sure, mighty king, tell us, anong panaginip mo? And we will tell you exactly what those dreams mean. But then, this creates, or this now graduates into an even thicker plot. The king said, uh no, 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 I'd like you to tell me what I dreamt of, and then interpret for me what my dream means. Now, it's one thing to be told a dream and to try to attempt to, to get some clues about what the dream would mean. But for King Nebuchadnezzar, he would like to test Really, if these astrologers, if these wise men are worth every penny that he had been paying them for the last how many years? The challenge was raised. Tell me what my dream was. Now, how could you do that? This is nothing but vicious. As a matter of fact, that was the objection of all the wise men. Oh, king, that's too difficult. And that's why, my friends, this just exposed the incompetence of the wise men, the so-called wise men, the astrologers. Because truly, they spoke the truth. This is something that belonged to the gods, and the gods don't walk amongst men, they would say. But maybe King Nebuchadnezzar was already at the end of his line as well. That's why he said, oh, you've been tricking me. You've been just feasting on my household. You've been enjoying the privileges of being wise men in my kingdom. But now that I need you most, now your incompetencies are being exposed. Have you ever had those moments, my friend, when you have suffered because of the in incompetencies of your groupmates? Puro porma, wala naman palang laman, all thunder but no rain. Have you ever had those groupmates in high school or senior high school or college? Apat kayo sa grupo, dinivide ninyo ang trabaho, lahat submit during this time so that you can synthesize your group paper. And then come deadline, only you did the part and all the rest did not do anything. And at the end, you crammed and you were the one left doing all the work. That was the exact place where Daniel found himself to be. And that's why I turn to the next phase, the innocent misfortune. Daniel was innocent about the king's fury or the edict to have them killed. Pero hagip siya sa kapalpakan ng kanyang mga kasama. Because now that the king got so furious, he made a, um, a, a law. All the wise men, you useless wise men, you will now be put to death. What do you do with that situation? Impossible things. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, they were put in that exact place. Maybe Daniel was not in the palace when the king had that query about his dreams. Maybe as the prime minister of Babylon, he was somewhere else, managing the affairs of the nation. And yet, kasali siya at ang kanyang tatlong kaibigan sa nalalapit na kamatayan. Now they could see 
death was looming in the horizon. They could already perceive the shadow of the grim reaper. Nanjan si kamatayan with the kalawit, the scythe of the grim reaper. What do you do in times like this? I have come to realize in my life, my friends, that oftentimes crisis situations are allowed by God so that when you're up against the wall and you have nowhere else to go, where do you turn to? Or who do you turn to? C.S. Lewis would say in one of his books that hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny. And that's why you have heard it said, your tests can be your testimony, that your disappointments can be divine appointments so that from that pivot moment, God can swing you towards an upward trajectory and so that through His intervention in your seemingly impossible situation, the glory of God will be revealed. And so, they had to face the crisis. If you would like to stand out, in this very volatile situation, arise in faith by facing the crisis head on. Let me ask you again, what has been the most challenging crisis that you have ever gone through in your life? What would you recall as the worst crisis that gripped you and threatened you and almost choked you to death? If you look back at those crisis moments, you must Agree with me, my friend, that now that you're still alive, I guess you still are because you're watching this, that God must have taught you significant lessons in life just because you were brave enough to face the crisis head on. I remember in 1997 when the Philippines was hit by the infamous Asian economic crisis. And we tried to fight on as young entrepreneurs. We tried to carry on the dream of establishing our business until early parts of 1998. But at that time, even the biggest companies in the Philippines were crumbling down. And so I suffered the pain of having to declare bankruptcy. And I went to SEC. They have a window there where you would, where you would apply for bankruptcy. But the bigger pain I had to suffer was how it, uh, how it was to face my people in the company. How would it go for me to tell my people that that was going to be their last day in the office and that the company could not even afford to give them some going-away gift? We were just zero balance, if not negative, in debts. Now, looking back now, because I have now about more than 20 years of hindsight, I realize truly what doesn't kill you can make you stronger. That is if you not only face the crisis, but you process it in the eyes of faith. Daniel, again, he was clueless why this very harsh and very urgent direction of Nebuchadnezzar to have all the men, the wise men slain. So when Ariok, the commander of the executioners, the king's guard, had gone out now to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel, listen to this, spoke to him with wisdom and tact. That in itself is already a courageous act. Problems don't go away just because you ignore them. Problems have a greater chance of being resolved if you face it, number one, with wisdom. Do you panic? Do you lose your handle on things? Do you now grab on people and lahat tayo mamamatay sa sitwasyon na to? Or would you have the sobriety to face a situation, no matter how impossible it may have seemed, but realize there are people that you can talk to, even your supposedly adversaries, if you talk to them with tact, as we said last Sunday, tactfulness, yung kagalingang makipag-relate sa kapwa-tao, it will take you to beautiful places. Daniel just asked, why is the king so harsh in this decree? And you know what? Ariok explained the matter to him. If he did not ask, he would not have gotten the answer. Agree? That's why, my friends, fortune favors the brave and the wise. Our words can bridge us between impossible situations. Or sometimes our careless words 
can sever the ties of situations that could have been remedied if we just had a modicum of tact in us. And that's why more than the adversity quotient, it's important, my friends, that as believers, we will also develop our relational quotient because it can either open doors or shut doors for all of us. January 6, 1986 was the day that changed our lives forever. My dad, our dad, our hero, suffered stroke. He lost his speech. He did not die, thank God, but he was now vegetable. And my mom was left on her own to raise five kids and one ailing husband. A few months after that, my brother, my Manunjay, passed the UP entrance exam, and now he was in a crossroad. My mom was in a crossroad as well. Would she send her son to UP when everything else was telling her no? We had no money. Dad was sick. My money, Jonas, was already in the campus at the time. But would she go? Would she allow my brother to go? Would my manunji go? And the deadline for application for enrollment was fast approaching. And I remember that fateful day. My mom waking up my brother. Jay, Jay, Jay. Pagmata, pagmata. Gising, gising. And my, my mom said, you're going to UP. But Manunjay said, but mom, I, I thought we already decided that I would just stay put here in summer. And my mom said, no. There's a cargo truck, Copra truck, leaving from Manila. I already asked the owner. You will hitch a ride with them. And my Manunjay hastily packed his clothes, boarded that Copra truck, and what would have just taken like 18 hours of trip to Manila, took him 48 hours just in time to catch the deadline of UP enrollment. If not for the bravery and the wisdom of my mom, if not for the favor that she sought with the truck driver or the truck owner, my Manunjay would have remained in summer, but today my Manunjay is a very successful engineer. You face the crisis because the crisis will not go anywhere, my friend. That is one thing that will make you stand out in this volatile environment. You arise in faith, but at the same time, you learn to ask for favor. You learn to relate with people. You learn to holler for help. Ang hindi humihingi ng tulong, hindi nabibigyan ng saklolo. Sometimes, you can be so proud, we can be so proud na hindi tayo humihingi ng tulong kahit tayo nalulunod na. My friends, don't do that. Man is never meant to live life alone. We are a community, Lighthouse family. All you have to do is text. All you have to do is to message us. Come to church. Holler for help. Ask for favor. Because when you knock, the door can be opened. When you ask, an answer can be forthcoming. And that is what Daniel did. When he learned this impossible situation, he dared to ask for favor. Probably from Ario first. He said, please, wag muna kami pagutan ngayon. Bring me to the king and I will try to reason with him. And that's exactly what happened. He appeared before the king. And listen, he, didn't ask, he did not ask the king to change his mind about this situation. Alam na niya, mainit ng ulo ni Nebuchadnezzar. He did not, he did not put down all the other astrologers saying, hindi mo kasi ako tinatanong hari eh. What he asked is time. He just said, maybe a king Nebuchadnezzar, I know you are decided on what you wanted to do. But one favor, please. Just give me time. One night. Just for tonight. And I will pray. And tomorrow I might be able to interpret the dream for you. You see, because Daniel said these words with wisdom and tact and with the favor and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, somehow the narrative would tell us that the king exceeded. They were given time. I am so convinced, my friend, that of all the gifts that you can ask for, ask for the gift of time. Because it's something that is equal amongst people. No matter what socioeconomic status you have, time is the same whether you are Duterte or you are Clinton or Obama or Giorgio Baldo. Our time is the same, 24 hours a day. I remember my first discipleship group with Brother Peter and Sister Christine Caruso. And the process question that 
he asked us that night was this. Brother Peter said, guys, have you ever been gripped by the fear of death? How do you process this fear? I, I think I was the last one who answered and I said, I think I don't fear death. But what I fear is that I die prematurely, that nobody will take care of my family. And so that night I asked for the prayer of the gift of time. I said, I don't, I don't fear dying because I know where I'm going. But if God wills, just give me the gift of time. Daniel asked for the same. And so he went back and he started interceding with his friends. That's one thing that will make you stand out in seemingly impossible times like this. Know that you have an option. Even if the rest of the world is telling that this is already recession time, babagsak ng Pilipinas, babagsak ng world economy, and everything is now bleak and dark and gloomy, know that we always have as children of the Lord, we have this last option, which should be our first option. And what is that? Intercession. You intercede with the faithful. Know that we have the freedom to arise in faith and go to the Lord in prayers because God is the God of the impossibilities and God is a God who's a father that inclines his ears to his children whenever we ask of him. So Daniel turned to his house and he went to his three friends, Mishael, Hananiah, Azariah. He said, guys, we need to pray. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. That's why I believe, my friends, sometimes God allows us to come to those dead ends when we have nothing more left in us. Our only option, if we will be reminded, is to come to the God of heavens to pray. Because otherwise, if God will not intervene, we will die. There were like three friends. They were arguing which was, what is the best posture for prayer? The Muslim guy said, oh, the best posture is when you bow down, you kiss the ground, because that's how we pray to our God. And the Christian guy said, oh, the best posture is kneeling and lifting up your hands in, to the heavens when you pray. And the third guy said, you know, I'm not really religious, but the best posture I ever had was when I was hanging by the telephone pole upside down. And that was the best prayer I ever prayed to my God. Sometimes God allows impossible situations to come unto us so that in these moments of desperation, in these moments of brokenness, we come to the Lord and we plead with all our hearts that, Lord, if you will not intervene in this situation, my family will get lost. My health will be utterly broken. My business will go awry. Everything in this world will collapse. But Lord, you are God that concerns yourself with the details of the affairs of your people. And you know and you know that these moments are also setups of the Lord so that we as your children, as his children, can testify about him. So during the night, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they started pleading and they started interceding. And you know what? The mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. God answers our prayers. Amen? And then when Daniel got that revelation, he started testifying unto his soul. He started testifying to his three Hebrew friends. Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times. He changes seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. I underscore that because that should be our memory verse for today. Let me say it again, verse 22. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. Oh, I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers, because you have given me wisdom and power. 
You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. When we ask of the Lord, when we ask questions to the Lord, the Lord will allow His answers to come to us in different shapes and forms. He will communicate with us through our dreams, through a pastor, through a passage, through a movie, even through a song. The Lord can communicate with us if only to convince us. He hears us when we ask Him. I remember when I was a new pastor and life was difficult because I had to resign from my job and I was coming from bankruptcy and everything was short, but I felt this leading of the Lord to heed the pastoral call. And at the time, after being accustomed to more than 15 years of a life of affluence as a businessman, now as a pastor, I didn't even have a car. I would have my home visitations for Lighthouse family using the tricycle. Sabi sa jeep, mga kapatid. And by the time, Luke was already in Shekinah, and I would bring him to school using only tricycle. And every day, my son and I would, would intercede in faith. Oh, the faith of a child. Don't ever underestimate it. And Luke would say, Lord, please give us a car. After one month, no car was coming. And he said, Lord, motorcycle na lang, please. And so it went on and on. But he would be so fervent in his prayer. And the time came when somebody gifted me my first ministry vehicle. And I brought it to, to Luke's school. And I parked it. And at dismissal time, he was there in the gate waiting for his dad. And I just sinitsitan ko si Luke from the car. Now come. And you could just see his wide eyes. And his eyes were like, Dad, is this what we've been asking for? And there was great rejoicing that day because at his young age, my son knew God listens to our prayers. And so the dream was given to Daniel and the interpretation of it. And so the next day, he volunteered again to Ariok, please send me now to the king. And he was now face to face with the king. Another very tense moment. Kung sa Netflix to meron ng nakalagay sa ilalim, deep foreboding music. So the king asked him, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? And Daniel replied, Look at this. He said, Oh my king, no wise man enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery that he has asked about. So he affirmed the complaints of the other astrologers. This is an impossible thing, O king. But there is a, get, but there is a great but. A God is the God of the howevers. This is impossible, however, subalit datapwat, ngunit, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Oh, hallelujah. And he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Amazing of Daniel that when he started facing the king, he started from the posture of humility. And his preamble was clear. This is not me. This is all about God. As a matter of fact, verse 30, Daniel would say, this mystery has been revealed to me not because I have greater wisdom than other living men, but so that you, O king, may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. Daniel, from the very onset, decided that this would be a great testimony about the power of his God. And so, fellow lighthouse, fellow citygate friends, when you are going through tests, be ever mindful. Allow the Lord to take off the scales of blindness in our eyes so that even in the impossible situations, we will be able to see the handprint of God. We'll be able to see His workings beneath or beyond or behind the scenes. And know that God is up to something so that when God uses you to be a solution to a, an otherwise impossible situation, you don't accrue the glory to you because it's so easy for people to idolize people. It's so easy for people to, to lift up the glory of man and forget altogether the glory of God. And Daniel started interpreting the dream. Brother Orville Ortego, a friend of mine, interpreted it through this original picture that he drew for me. 
and started, Daniel started telling Nebuchadnezzar what a dream. He said, you dreamt of a statue. And maybe Nebuchadnezzar was astounded. Uh, how could you do that? How could you know that, Daniel? And he started saying, this is statue. The head was made of gold. The arms, the breast was made of silver. The stomach and the thighs are made of bronze. The legs are made of, of iron. But the feet are made of clay. To the exact detail, my friend. When God gives answers, He's a God of the details. Why? Because there's an adage that says, the demon is in the details as well. But God is greater in the details of our lives. Now, it's a great sermon to preach, not today. The, um, the meaning of this, the theological implications of this statue. But then, just a foretaste, Daniel said, and this is what the dream means. You know what? The head of gold, that's you, King Nebuchadnezzar, because you are now the mightiest in all of these kingdoms all over the earth. But after you, there's going to be another kingdom inferior than yours. It's made of silver. And a third kingdom will come. More inferior, but it's made of bronze. But there will be a kingdom made of iron. And everything iron trumples upon gets destroyed this is going to be a very powerful kingdom but there's going to be a weakness to this kingdom that's why the feet of clay and then Daniel said but in your dream you saw this rock not made by human hands and this rock just hit the statue and the statue crumbled altogether there was great wreckage both the gold the silver the bronze the iron they did not Passed the test of integrity. But this rock grew into a mountain and it filled the whole earth and it became a kingdom by itself and its kingdom will know no end. Oh, it's a great sermon to preach. I hope I'll be able to preach it one of these days. Theologians will now agree it is one of those prophecies foretelling the coming of the rock and that is the Lord Jesus Christ and His kingdom will have no end. But if there's one thing that Daniel must have been driving to Nebuchadnezzar, it was this. Nebuchadnezzar, you might be the head now, but nothing is forever. You might be powerful now, but the day is coming, somebody will replace you. You are finite, you are limited, you are, your energy is never boundless. But soon, there will be a kingdom that will reign forever and ever. And Daniel as he was relating this dream to Nebuchadnezzar, he said, the great God has shown the king what will take place in the future because the dream is true and the interpretation is trustworthy. So what happened? Nebuchadnezzar, ngayon laglag na ang pangan ni Nebuchadnezzar. How could this man know? And such wisdom, such anointing coming from the mouth and the heart of Daniel. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel, paid him honor, ordered an offering and incense to be presented to him. And in that glorious moment, the king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings, a revealer of mysteries. For you were able to reveal this mystery. Amazing, my friends, that even such a heathen, cruel despot like Nebuchadnezzar, in that moment of awe, he was able to blurt out and mouth what we would expect from Christians like all of us. That God truly is the King of kings and the mightiest of all. Thank God that because of this, Daniel was now in the best position to help others up. And that's the reason why God comforts you. The book of Corinthians would say, so that now that you have been comforted, you can comfort others with the same comfort that you have received from the Lord. The king placed Daniel in a high position, lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Now imagine, this must have been this, his classmates in, in astrology class. These men that were of multi-gods religion. These men who did not have any idea who Yahweh or Jehovah was. 
But now Daniel was in charge of all these wise men. And you could just imagine the influence that Daniel has or had exerted over the lives of these people. But more than that, because of his influence, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Now you can see, my friends, that's the reason why you had to go through what you went through, what you are going through, what you have to go through. Why? Because you will be put by the Lord in such a lofty position one day. And you will have the empathy over the sufferings of people. You will have empathy over the, the nightmares that all of these inconsistencies, all these bad things can bring to the lives of many people. And now you're in the best position to extend help to others so that the glory of the Lord will be revealed and you will stand out as you arise. In faith. Faith, such a powerful word. Without that, you cannot please God, the, the book of Hebrews would say. So how do you arise in faith? Face the crisis. There's no running around it, my friend. Face it. Confront it. Address it. But learn to ask for favor from other people. Ask favor from God. Ask for favor from people that matter. Ask from people for a favor from people in the power, even if they don't share your faith. Ask. Who knows what answers God can course through them. Intercede. That's one great freedom that God has given us, a great privilege. Intercede with the faithful. Testify about God. Make it a launching pad so that the story of God will be known by people. That's why history is his story. You testify about Him. You're a mouthpiece of the Lord. What He has done for you throughout the ages, testify about it. And now that you are in that position, help others up. In 1989, a very popular Christian song was aired and popularized by Steve Green. You know the song, People Need the Lord. But what is amazing is the story behind it as related by Greg Nelson and Philip McHugh, the writers of this song. By this time, these Christian songwriters already had written 50-plus hymns and uh, praise songs. And they went to a restaurant somewhere in Kentucky. No, in Nashville. And as they were ordering, a waitress came and served them. But what struck them was the hollowness in the eyes of the waitress. Her countenance was just dropped. Her shoulders was just so defeated. Her voice was lifeless. But she was going through the motions of taking the orders. And as she turned her back to get now the food, they looked at each other, Greg and Phil, and almost instantaneously, they said to each other, oh, she needs the Lord. And she said it even mockingly. This woman needs the Lord. And instantly they said, the Holy Spirit gripped their heart. The Holy Spirit said, yes, people need the Lord. And that became a sanctuary for them. All of a sudden, their eyes were lifted and their vista was renewed by the Lord as they now focus on the people in the restaurant, people who were walking in pain, people who were dropped in their countenance, people who were sad, people who were broken. They started interceding for the people in that restaurant and they hurried back to their office and penned what now turns out to be one of the most powerful songs ever written. I have asked our own Pastor Leo to sing this song for us. For truly, my friends, people need the Lord. Every day they pass me by I can see it in their eyes Empty people filled with care 
headed who knows where. On they go through private pain, living fear to fear. Laughter hides their silent cries. Only Jesus hears. People need. The Lord, people need the Lord at the end of broken dreams is the open door. People need the Lord. People need the Lord When will we realize People need the We are called to take its light Into a world where wrong seems right What could be too great a cost for Sharing life with one who's lost and through His love, our hearts can feel All their grief they bear They must hear the words of life Only we can share People need the Lord People need the Lord At the end of broken dreams Is the open door People need People need the Lord When will we realize That we must give our lives For people need the Lord Yes, people need the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Kapsat. That's the cry of your heart as well. That's the song of your heart as well. Maybe you're going through private pains right now. These COVID times have just wrecked so many lives. Fear has consumed so many people. Grief is consuming the hearts of many people. But Christians, the Lord is a challenge for all of us. How will they hear if we will not tell them? How will they believe if they will not hear these words of life? 
we've got to share it to them. We've got to go out of comfort zones. We've got to arise in faith. If the rest of the world is just consumed by this fear, if the rest of the world is just consumed by this paranoia over this virus, but not for the children of the Lord, we walk by His light. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit. He's God that is the revealer of mysteries. He's the God of gods and the King of all kings. What mighty powers He can do through us. If only we are willing to arise in faith and be a testimony to a world that so aches for the touch of God's glory. Before we end, let me suggest some practical applications for you this week. Number one, why don't you address a problem in your family or maybe in your company? And as you address this problem, focus on people. Focus on your children. Focus on your household help. Focus on your employees. Focus on your co-employees. And arise in faith that the Lord will grant you wisdom how to handle this problem. There's no running away from it anymore. You've been trying to ignore this problem. You've been trying to sweep this under the rug, so to speak. But preaching this word, I believe the Lord is talking to you. You've got to face the crisis now. Arise in faith that the Lord can use you to bring solution to this matter. But secondly, as you are addressing these issues, I'd like you to ask for a group of trusted friends, fellow believers, kindred hearts, kindred spirits, that for the next one week, to pray and intercede with you. For the whole week. Sabihin mo sa kanila ang problema. Siguro isang kaibigan lang yan, dalawa, tatlong kaibigan lang yan. But just tell them, itong pinagdadaanan namin mag-asawa, itong pinagdadaanan namin ng anak ko, itong pinagdadaanan ng aming negosyo, please pray and intercede with me. And arise in faith that you will have your breakthrough. As Daniel did. And lastly, oh, be ready to testify about the awesome deeds that God will do to you and through you this week. Arise in faith that you will stand out for the glory of God. I'm excited to hear your testimonies at the end of this week. I'm excited to receive your, your text messages. I'm excited to, to receive your private messages to me or to any other pastors and to tell the whole world that when we believe that God truly is seated in His throne and that He reveals the mysteries of these times, and when His people arise in faith, God will make you stand out for His glory and for His honor.